everyone, and welcome to the Tweet Cap, uh, late night edition, an Uno edition of the Tweet Cap. I'm your host, Ryan, and with me, we've got Rocky. Rocky, how you doing? Good, and you? Oh, not so bad. So, I know I said Uno edition. Some people are probably confused as to what that means. Uh, Rocky and I are playing um, Ubisoft's Uno. Yep, we have live gameplay, live gameplay trailer from uh, Ubisoft here. Uh, I forgot about that. <laughs> if you don't know what that means, you don't play very many video games, more than like. But uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, so I would like to take this time now first to apologize for last weekend. Um, frankly, we're going to. That's the uh, that's the secret to life. Everyone wants to get quantity more and more and more, but sometimes just quality, good quality, will uh, go a long way. Oh, and I just lost all my cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically, you're going to hear some Uno commentary um, throughout this entire thing. I don't know how well you'll be able to hear these uh, clicks from the controller. You'll probably hear them pretty loud. I'll do my best to edit those out, but we're getting this a try because, I mean, frankly, most of the conversations that I have on the tweet cap when it's just me are things that I do talk about with real people. I promise I don't just I don't save everything that happens in a week for uh, for an empty room and a microphone. I usually do talk about these things with real people and they're usually over video games. So I thought it might be kind of nice to get the creative juices flowing. You know, uh, it's also low key. I got my vaccine today. Humble brag. I didn't post on Instagram, so I'm allowed to mention it here. Uh, but because of that, I'm super tired. I don't know. Did you have if... to have a reason for the for the vaccine. I'm sorry. Did you have to have like a reason to get it? Like, um. Yeah, I didn't want to get coronavirus. I know. No, no. I mean, like in New York, up until I think like one or two days ago, only like certain people could were eligible for the vaccine. Like, did you have to say why you were eligible, or was it like anybody could get it? So, I mean, yeah, they had rules like that here in Jersey, but I just got a random email one day and they were like, you're up. I don't know why. Oh, really? Um, they never really explained why to me, honestly. And so I just figured I better take it before they uh, say, you know. Before they realize they, they're yeah. going to the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I work, the company I work for is not a healthcare company. It's a communications company, but it is a healthcare communications company. So I don't know if they saw that. And they're like, oh, wait, we got to get this guy. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, Melissa got it at the same time I did, and she's definitely higher up in terms of the uh, level than I am. Yeah, I got my second shot weeks ago. Well, I got it today. So take that. But anyway, <laughs> coronavirus is surprisingly not the most uh, talked about news story, although on any given week it really could be. Uh, this week we had the oh, – I have to draw a card. We had the results from the trial in Minneapolis, the, Sh the Chauvin trial. I don't even know how to say his name. You, we all know who I'm talking about. Uh, we had the trial in Minneapolis for the uh, murder of George Floyd. And I can say murder of George Floyd because a jury of his peers dictated that it was indeed a murder. As anyone who's watched cable news will tell you, this is hardly the end of the story. And well, that's why Rocky's here, because as we know, I think yeah. about the law like a normal person does, right? And Rocky thinks about the law the way it's actually meant to be thought about, meaning incoherently. So without further ado, I hate to do this, but Rocky, I want you to go ahead and explain why is the appeal or wow, the appeal of Derek Chauvin for the murder of George Floyd getting so much uh press we'll say press because it's mostly talking heads on cable news i'm not seeing a lot of articles written about it and it's also not really coming out on social media which i know this is the tweet cap but it was definitely trending you know the whole thing leading up to the actual decision mm -hmm. by the jury so i think it definitely counts but why don't you go ahead and explain a little bit about why there's so much uh talk or fear or whatever word you want to use about about a pending uh, appeal so 
that's what I've been saying since the verdict came out. When I heard that the jury deliberated for what ten hours, yeah, it wasn't very long. They kind of and they that, figured it out pretty quick. What they wanted. Here's about. for a comparison. I sat in on a murder trial, a local murder trial, yeah. and this was a couple of years ago, and it was not even close to as long as the Chauvin one was. I'm pretty sure that trial lasted maybe two days, maybe three days. And the defense didn't even put on any witnesses. They just said that the prosecution didn't meet their burden. And that yeah. jury took over a week to come to an answer about a second-degree murder. And they, they found him guilty, but it, it took a week. Like, that's how long these things usually take. So when I heard the jury came back after 10 hours, I'm like, oh, 100% guilty. Because that's well, yeah. kind of what happens. That's what happens. Like, um... When they don't take a long time, it usually means either guilty or acquitted, and he wasn't going to be acquitted. But um, so that was when I heard that, I'm like, oh, 100%. That's what happened. Basically, when I saw that, I wondered, I didn't wonder, I was thinking, like, what his appeals would be, because clearly he's going to appeal. That's how I was like, whenever I tell people about this, they're like, well, he was guilty. I'm like, yeah, he was guilty, but I'm like, I, I'm not going to argue with the outcome, but you have to say, like, and, um, and that's what the appellate division does. I just got kicked out. I saw that. Keep going. You're good. <laughs> but um, so basically, if I was his attorney, my three arguments, I think there were three. I got to think about it. Were one, the trial should have been moved out of Minnesota. There's no way around it. You could not get a fair jury in Minnesota. And that I mean, is a key. Well, you say your piece and then I'll come in. Okay. That was, in my opinion, by the way, maybe they'd go other ways, honestly. Like, I honestly don't even know what they were going to argue. If they even, like, I'm assuming they're going to argue something, but I, I don't know. Right. But um, my arguments would be, one, there's no way you're going to get a fair trial in, in Minnesota, period. The case is too big. It's the, it's the largest case we've seen since OJ. And honestly, it's probably bigger than OJ. Mm -hmm. Like, this one was literally streamed. I watched hours of this trial and yeah. every day i turned it on it had 80 i think like around 85 to 100 thousand viewers on one network yeah like it was massive so it'd be very hard that'd be one of my arguments was to be very hard to find an impartial jury which is you know important that's that there's a burden the state has to prove mm -hmm. and the jurors need to go in with the presumption of innocent until proven guilty and that's important and they have to you know prove beyond a reasonable doubt every single element of every single thing they allege and then the jurors decide if it's legit or not but um my first argument my first argument would be no there's no way anyone in minnesota doesn't know what's going on with this and my second argument would be the whole um well one i'll back it up a little bit i'll do three there's, there's three main arguments i don't want to be confusing but one would be the way the prosecution laid out some of their um, witnesses and their arguments because the first, I think three days of trial, they had witnesses talk about emotions. They talked about how they couldn't go to sleep at night and they were just so disturbed about what happened, but it's not probative, meaning you don't, you can't, prove or disprove an element of the crime based on that testimony the only thing that does is it influences the jury through emotions does that make sense uh, uh, listen i got all this I'm, I'm waiting for you to finish so i can okay. respond i'm almost done so that's that's two and three so one so one again was you know the venue which is i have an issue two the emotions and the testimony that was allowed in three is the risk of duress so this one's actually very unique to this case because you don't see this very often. You don't see the fact that like a trial or a jury could be persuaded by outside forces because it really doesn't happen. And it would never happen, you know, with basically any local trial or anything like that. So it's pretty much reserved for cases like this. So basically a court shouldn't be influenced by public opinion. That's kind of like the beauty of the law is that it's not influenced by outside forces and like um, stuff like that. So Public opinion shouldn't sway, persuade a jury either way because you want the law to be what rules the day, not, you know, what other people outside the courtroom are saying. So 
honestly, it was iffy on the fact that they didn't sequester the jury, meaning they they still allowed the juries to you know go back home, talk to people, and be like unsupervised. They could watch the the judge told them not to watch the news, but they could watch TV besides the news, I guess, and basically consume media still without any issue. And if they were sequestered, they wouldn't be able to do any of that. Right. And um, that on top of, you know, the Maxine Waters flying to Minnesota with all this stuff going on and the things that she said kind of just leads to, you know, a risk of duress. Honestly, it, it, it leads to the jury worried that if it doesn't go a certain way, that bad things will happen, basically. So you don't want any of that trial. So those would be my three key arguments for appeals. Now, there's some like technical stuff like if they preserve issues for appeal or stuff like that, but that doesn't really matter. So basically, you know, he has, I think, 60 days in Minnesota. I think it depends on the state. He has, mm-hmm. 60, or, he has 60 or 30 days to appeal. And basically, um, we'll find out within the next month what happens with that. It's going to happen and we'll see. But if I was his attorney, that's what I would argue. Okay, so I'm going to hold off on the duress. Again, mm-hmm. by the way, just to put my opinion out there because this is my show and I only deal in opinions. Um, he's, I believe he's guilty. I think the jury got it right. Uh, mm-hmm. We saw a video kind of proving that, uh, which I'll get to in just a second. So I'm not saying that. No, I and I'm, I mean, not, he I'm needs not saying to... the jury got it wrong. No, I know that, I'm but I'm just, I'm just throwing like... that out there into the record. I don't mm-hmm. believe in terms of an appeal that there was a miscarriage of justice. However... I do think that there might be something with that duress appeal. Uh, but moving on, your first thing you, you talked about was venue. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, and I know you you advocate for a world where the law is unbastardized by, you know, people, but unfortunately not typically how it works. So how do you get around the fact that the entire country, I mean, the entire world demonstrated last year over this case? The whole world. There was marches in, you know, BLM marches in France. Mm-hmm. I mean, there isn't a venue on the planet where you could get the, the a jury that had that base, had the, uh, I wasn't using the word schematics, but that's not right. The makeup that you're looking for of, you know, 12 people who have absolutely mm-hmm. no idea what's going on. There's no one. Everyone saw the video. There's no better jury that exists. I mean, honestly, that might be what the judge was thinking and i honestly don't know why i didn't want i think this is all done pre-trial but i really don't know why they didn't sequester even though like he just kept saying no and honestly my response to that would be there's always somebody out there that doesn't know what's going on i don't that's not with this i mean they may not know as much but i don't know if you can really make a case to anyone that there was a a jury of 12 people that existed in any one place that, you know, could mm-hmm. do that, that could have no opinion on this whatsoever. So that's number one. And that's definitely an argument that they would probably argue is that impossibility could be a factor. And is that, that something, is there like, is that a legal term? Is like impossibility? Impossible. Yeah. Which could, lost uh-huh. again. Is impossibility a, like yeah. a legal definition? If if there's if it's like futile and if it's just a waste of the court's resources, they won't do it. Huh. But if that was one of their arguments, that could definitely be a counter argument. Is look, it wouldn't have made any sense. Everyone knew about this. Or they could argue in good faith, like, yeah, we just think we could have we found impartial people. Yeah. And actually what's funny is they actually threw out two jurors during it's called voir dire. It's I think French. Yeah, it's, jury selection, right? Jury selection. They threw out two people that they actually already picked because during the jury selection, a, what was it, 14 or $26 million settlement was reached with the city on George Floyd during the civil case. Yeah. And two people were actually removed from the jury after that decision came out. Because they were part of the... Uh... They, well, no, because it made them impartial. They saw the verdict of that. And they realize, I'm assuming, they realized that they said, look, well, if he's guilty of that, he must be guilty. Of the act- of the crime. Of, yeah. of yeah. the crime, yeah. So like, remind me again, point two. 
point two. Well, actually, I think point two was um, was point two the venue or was point one? No, point the one was the venue. Was point then point two was the um witnesses and the appeal to emotions and yeah so yeah i gotta again i kind of have a like a dual issue with that so number one and i get obviously i'm not trained but i mean everyone i think at this point everyone at our age and older has met a lawyer a real honest to goodness lawyer such as yourself um as of a week ago as of a week ago right and most of us know one that have been around longer than a week in fact uh, but um so we we know for a fact that they absolutely play into emotion emotional testimony is absolutely a part of the the defense strategy the strategy of the prosecutor like everyone uses it because that's that's how human beings speak they speak with rhetoric so the idea that the idea that they shouldn't have had any emotion doesn't make doesn't really you know i'm not really simpatico with that my personal opinion but more importantly couldn't they uh you know couldn't they have objected and i'm pretty sure they did all right and the judge sustained no because he allowed the testimony but basically getting into kind of tactical stuff um on appeals wait ready for this boom there we are um we just won uno so basically (laughs) um in order to appeal something it has to be preserved the issue has to be preserved meaning it has to be raised during trial so you can't have it you can't think of an issue after a trial happened and just say oh we'll argue that on appeal because maybe because it has to be argued during the case you have to bring it up you can't right. new arguments in an appeal kind of thing so you know i'm assuming it was preserved i'm assuming that they did make this argument because I, I i i didn't watch 100 percent the trial i didn't watch really the beginning i i started watching it i think when they brought in the mma fighter witness i think that was day two maybe okay. day three but basically people do bring in emotions and they do argue these things but there is usually some sort of probative element below that. Well, right. No, but I'm saying... They offer something. Right, and I'm saying to the the non-probative stuff, the non-pertinent stuff, I mean, if they weren't weren't pertinent questions, they wouldn't have been allowed to be asked. And that's the thing, is that they probably shouldn't have been allowed to be asked because... But but the judge allowed them. The judge did allow it. So what we're... Well, basically, what we're saying here is we, we love the legal system. The legal system can do no wrong except for this judge. And I just don't understand how we get to that point where people make, people make mistakes. People are, people think things that aren't true all the time. Like that's not perfect, but they make that's mistakes the entire time. I mean, he, you're saying he made, he mis, mistook an entire trial. No, potentially. So, no. or let me phrase that. I don't want to keep saying you're saying, because you're not saying anything. You're not the man's lawyer. There's an appeal. One of the appeal strategies is, this judge was bad, essentially. Well, kinda, not really though, because you can't argue like or a whole flawed. trial. You can you can argue that you disagree with his interpret with his argument about the the validity of a of a witness kind of thing. So, so couldn't maybe, you do that with every single case ever? I mean, some hold more merit than others, and that's definitely an argument that can be made. I think that just feels. I mean, listen, I I get it is probably a strategy, but that feels like. That feels like the strategy that everyone has. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't think so. People don't argue that often that things aren't probative. Then I, I, have to, I have to be honest. I don't see how they could possibly argue it in this case. If that's well, an uncommon defense. I can, give you, I can give you an example of things that is actually uncommon in this case. Was that, for example, the nine-year-old girl. What element of the crime was she proving or disproving? But the, again, the problem comes down to why did, then why did the judge you, allow all these people to come in if they had no if they weren't speaking to an actual something pertinent? Exactly, that's one of the questions. Is that in the defense's opinion, they didn't hold any weight? I didn't see much from that, like from that testimony that warranted. I'm not um, buying that. I'm not buying the judge would make that mistake over and over again. I mean, it's, it's too big. Ca- it's too big a like, case. And that honestly might have been part of it. Maybe the judge erred on the side of caution and being like, 
I'll let as many people in as want to go just, just out of like, you know, fear of not letting people in and being able to talk, tell their story kind of thing. That could, that could have very well been his thing, his argument. Okay. And then um, obviously, I, so lastly, so like I said, I don't, I already covered the venue because uh, I remember we talked about the venue thing once before yeah. and I just don't see, personally, I don't see. <laughs> it just, I mean, you'd I, have, they'd have to, they'd have to find one. And it would just be, uh, yeah, it, it would just be way too difficult, my opinion, to convince anyone that there's any place that uh, exists where we uh, we could get a better jury for this. Um, like you said, in terms of the relevance, I'm all, obviously I don't know much, so I would always kind of look to what the judge allowed it, but mm-hmm. fine. And then lastly, the last part you talked about is the one that I really wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. I, and I really want to do it as, you know, mm-hmm. as best I can without mentioning the name Maxine Waters, because it really has actually <laughs> very little to do with her. No, uh, but it actually didn't until the judge mentioned it, honestly. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. I feel like the argument could have been made without her um, and without it, her it comments. But, but um, then she made the comments. The evidence yeah. thing is, I think I mentioned this, you have to look at probative versus you know non-probative so or persuasive honestly you just look at does this the last thing would be like the court is going to look like does this testimony uh have a tendency to prove or disprove an element of the crime that's what they look at that's all they look at so that's the that's the lens they'd look at on it because it's it's not like you know a gut feeling it's they take a totality of the of the circumstance and they they look and say on a whole does it add anything to the case basically but at the same time i mean if you've got a witness an actual witness who gives an emotional testimony yeah i mean you can't say that person has no value they were an eyewitness and that'd be the point if they actually added anything if they added some sort of you know you know personal view of what happened then yes i would say that would be probative but it has to be more probative than like um but, but I mean, listen, I get that in the court of law, there's like a thing where if you have somebody come up and they talk out of turn, the judge can be like, please disregard mm-hmm. that. But like, that's not how real people are. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, like, it's true. And, so like the, if the person was there, they have every right to be a part of the trial. That's just a, a blanket statement. Now, if they picked, you know, a random little girl off the street from someplace else drove her in and said, just say how you feel about what happened. Yeah, but if the person was there and saw it, then even if they they spoke mostly about emotion, they have every right to be there. And if the judge wants to say, oh, well, that wasn't probative enough, so forget what you just heard, well, like, no that, one's going to forget. That's not that, how that's it works. That's too, is that, yes, people just won't forget. And which, honestly, probably, well, you can't really do anything and about You can't, that. that's what I'm saying, like, the law, I know like the law is supposed to be uncorruptible, but it just isn't how reality works. But I mean, but it's true. Like this what did the girl add besides emotion? Honestly. It doesn't matter. She was she it, was she was brought there as a witness, correct? But I mean, if it was a question of you know, something if there was a dispute about like literally what happened, then maybe and maybe it would go to something like maybe if this little girl was like yes well there I was a dispute the defense was saying that i mean for, for whatever reason defense went with no nah, he didn't die by the knee thing the knee thing wasn't even real. no i mean I not mean, like not like scientific stuff i mean like physically if there was a question of which if she was there she could say no nah, for sure he put the knee like he used well, his they, knees but to I kill mean, like you almost have to take into fact it's a little girl well, I'm not saying that the jury has to take everything that a witness says at face value, but I'm saying if you have an eyewitness, you didn't just ask a school child if they were having. No, an I agree, but I don't think because there was body cam footage, and there was yeah, but you can have proof. a witness too to give from a witness. different angle. The body cam footage is the body cam footage. I mean, we're seeing now with what's going on in Ohio and Columbus. The neighbors all have security cameras, and so that information is being released to the public, um, which we'll get to when we talk about this next bit. So, like, angles are good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Having more than one angle 
Hey, Darren. Having more than one angle is not something that I think should be, you know, bastardized. Like, oh, we have the official angle from the body cam. Like, there shouldn't be an official point of view for a crime scene. I mean, we don't do that with any other crime scene. Why would we do it with these? But anyway, we kind of went backward. But anyway, go forward. Yeah, I just wanted to mention the probative stuff because that one is a little bit more, I don't want to say clear cut, but it's a little bit of an easier analysis. Well, right, because you can say, was this probative or was it not, as long as yeah. you objected to it in the trial. I get that. That's an easier one to go around. That one's a lot easier, and it's a lot more common. It's a little more common than duress, that's for sure. Yeah. So, but speaking of duress, so, again, before even the the comments that got everyone fired up, mm-hmm. um, like I said, everyone in the world knew of this this case. Everyone in the world knew what was at on the line, almost everyone had an opinion. Um, the president of the United States gave an opinion on this beforehand. Obviously, every news anchor, or no, news anchor is the wrong word. Every pundit on like Fox, CNN, so on and so forth, gave an opinion on this case beforehand. I mean, going back a year, a year ago, everyone had an opinion on this. Yeah. When he got charged, uh, when Chauvin got charged for you know all this stuff, there was an opinion immediately released by you know not just regular people, like you know people with actual influence, people with actual position. Again, not necessarily uh, people in Congress or the president, but you know people who have a pretty big microphone and do sway public opinion, uh, depending on you know who you are. And so, I guess my question is. Especially because I'm going to bring Ohio into it now. So we're seeing in Ohio, uh, everyone's kind of, I mean, so I just actually watched CNN's Don Lemon, uh, who obviously is, you know, usually one of the more uh, pro, pro victim. <laughs> Don Lemon actually came out on the side of the police officer, more or less. Um, after seeing the extra footage from across the street, uh, the ladies on The View, I told you about this one. <laughs> A little bit more mixed. Some of them feel a little bit more like I feel um, in regards to just the fact that we have to use lethal force at all. Basically, it comes down to there was definitely some, there's coverage of this already. And this one, my opinion, is a lot less or is a lot more clear cut. There's nothing outside of the training. I think the training sucks, but they followed it. You know, there was an altercation in which someone could have died. So that person is not dead, but another person is. So, you know, all of the cases, especially involving police accountability, are reasonably going to be covered by, uh, well, probably first by most of the mainstream news outlets uh, and then rebuttaled by most of the alternative news outlets, either doubling down on things like abolish the police, defund the police, mm-hmm. or on defending the police officer and, the you know, the thin blue line and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So... There's really no way now for a police a police court to exist. There's no way to send a police officer to court if an appeal works in the Floyd case. I mean, again, the president of the United States has spoken out. He again in this particular case, he spoke out that this was a tragedy. He didn't believe that the president, uh, the president, that the police officer did anything um, outside of the law which again, some people agree with, some people disagree with, but people are weighing in because they're being asked to. This is always the top of mind for cable news. It is all over social media. So how are you going, how can you, you know, we talk about accountability for police officers, which I think we do need more. I don't believe that police officers should be immune uh, from prosecution if they commit a crime. How do you go about trying them if you have to have a jury that has never heard about it no one of any merit could have ever has to have ever said anything about it. Like, how do you how do you meet that standard for a police officer when it's just not, you know, it's just not something that I think can be easily met. I mean, any jury, jury pools are huge. You always find somebody. Yeah, but so is CNN. CNN doesn't reach every single person in a city. Yeah, but between CNN, Fox, NBC, and then whatever you know, local papers pick up each of these crimes, and there's all a of lot the... of people that aren't 
you know, news or political savvy, there's always going to be a huge pool of people. But and that that's, point, that's my argument. But again, like, try to find those people would cost an insane amount of resources. It already costs. You know how many people get asked to uh, get jury duty all the time? No, like, I don't. I've, I've got. Why don't you? Why, as a as as a lawyer, why don't you enlighten us? I've gotten jury duty before, and I tried. I tried to get on two juries, and one was for vehicular manslaughter, and I got turned down. And I was so upset because I was applying to law school at the time. I was my, I think, our junior year of college. I think I was like twenty, huh. and um, I tried to get on two cases, and I I was applying to law school, and my dad, you know, was a lawyer, so I wasn't allowed on. But like, well, you get tons of people. And that they send out these jury notices all the time. Like, I know George Floyd's a little different. And honestly, these other cases might be a little different. Maybe not so much, but like, you're, you're going to have people that don't know what's going on. It, it's just a fact. You get so many different people because every single person is now in the jury pool. It used to be back in the day. I think it was a New York thing. Maybe all over. Whereas a bunch of professions were exempt from the jury pool. Do you remember that dealer? It was like, if you were an orthodontist or if you're a dentist, you were exempt from the jury pool back in the day. Why? That's weird. I know. It's a weird, it was, and it was weird. And they realized it was a stupid rule. So now I think the only people that are exempt from juries are attorneys. Like if you're an attorney, I'm pretty sure. It's a pretty good reason to get your G, uh, JD right there, actually. I know, seriously. <laughs> jury duty. Yeah, but jury once, duty. You get, once you get called in for jury duty, you don't get on again for like, I, think it's like I still haven't years. been called. Seven so. years. I haven't been called. I keep moving. They can't find me. <laughs> I'm elusive. I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm mostly wondering out loud. Obviously, we're not going to know until, you know. No, I mean, yeah, it it's, I, it's, it's speculative. I mean, it's just what you, it's nothing. You can't like prove it or anything. It's just kind of like a thought thing. Like you're, you're going to find people that are unbiased. I don't think you are. I really don't. I mean, the president of the United States commented. And honestly, the judge mentioned that in this, I know. In this case. Going back but the to- judge, and I, I get why the judge yeah. mentioned it. I do. But my thing is, to this judge, like, almost kind of tough. Like, this isn't changing. Well, at least with these types of cases, we're not going to see a change in the way that, like, the way that the news talks about it. Political leaders are still going to use these to, you know, solicit fundraising and to build a base of support for higher office. Like that's not changing at all. And it will never change. And then, you know, we talk about duress, the alternate. Um, she has every right to speak. I get that. But, you know, have a little <laughs> solemn decency for the fact that this case was kind of a big deal. And, you know, she got to sit there and take notes, essentially. But what is another thing is that some juries aren't allowed to take notes. Which I think it's interesting that they even allowed notes in this case. Because um sorry, I know this is kind of a tangent. No, go for it. But um and I remember the murder trial that actually Darren and I both watched it. They weren't allowed to take notes. And the, the reason behind it was is that people take notes wrong, first of all, is that they could just miswrite things down and then they're stuck on those facts. And like so you could write down one thing it's actually another thing and then if a jury writes it down wrong they're like oh no i wrote it down this way and without even looking at evidence again is another issue and another one is that they're worried about taking so many notes is that they could actually miss things in the trial is that they're too worried about they're too focused on writing or typing and that some things are just missed and that they're too they're focused on the laptop and not looking at these jurors and not, not looking at these witnesses or anything talking which is interesting um i mean that's I know, I know. It's a little weird, but I mean, that's over. Like, I, I would, I mean, everyone's been crying about overreach a lot, you know, what Josh Holly. No, you, it's, not, it's, not, it's, not anything, it's not anything you can argue. You can't be like, they took notes, so it's illegitimate. Yeah, no, that's but it's overreach. It's like, a, like, the idea purpose. that you can't take notes is just, that's, that's honestly, I wouldn't allow notes. There was this thing in law school where uh, most of our teachers, I would say 60 to 70%, wouldn't allow note taking because they're worried that you would just mindlessly type and not pay attention and it's honestly kind of true in that when you type mindlessly and try to go word for word you're not paying attention so when i uh when i introduced you i i don't know if you remember way back 
way back in the day when I introduced you for the show uh, <laughs> earlier tonight. Uh, I mentioned how I like having you on because you explain the law as stupid as it exists when it gets to these quirky stuff. Obviously, the law is the law and you need to have it, but we lost again. Uh, the law is the I law <laughs> and you need to have it because, you know, we're a country of laws. That's how, mm-hmm. you know, civility works and society works. But that's insane. <laughs> just to put it no, mildly, it's, it's, that it's is stupid. It's not how it's, real people are has no no bearing on any reality that most people live on so it's just that's no, it insane. doesn't have any it doesn't have any meaning it's it's just personal preference like you can't appeal being like oh these guys but you're talking about i'm not even talking about the appeal because you know we talk about people talk about revamping the system <laughs> how about a system that thinks it can tell jurors how to fucking juror <laughs> I mean, I honestly, I don't know, like about you, but when I ever took notes on a computer, it's a totally different feeling. And some judges are pretty old fashioned and they're like, I want you to look these jurors or I want you to look these witnesses in the eyes and tell personally if they're like, you know, telling the truth or not or how much you can. Yeah, trust but that's the, the judge is supposed to be. I mean, that's where it gets all weird. The jury is supposed to tell whether or not he's innocent or guilty like they got to do it the way they got to do it Mm -hmm. if you don't if you're not if you're going to give the jury specific mandates then why are they there if you know how it should be done then just you do it obviously that would not be nearly as democratic but if we're putting rules in place or if we're discounting people based off you know utter no nonsense or personal preference because you got an old-timey judge who likes to see if you can look a person at the cut of their gumption or whatever the hell fucking old people say. <laughs> um, it is mostly old people that think that you can't take, you know, proper notes on a computer. Cause I always hated those professors that were like paper and pencil only. It was just right. Because, because it's a stupid rule. It has absolutely it no is. bearing it on is. reality. People don't work that way. And so, I, again, and that's what bothers me about when you were talking about the appeals to me ri- originally, right after the case. That's that's where I was coming from in terms of my, you know, being bothered, is that mm-hmm. there was a jury of peers who came to a conclusion, and right away, people in the legal class, right, people who are attorneys or are, you know, pundits who talk, you know, reporters who talk about the law, so on and so forth, people with some frankly, credentials. And I do like credentials. I do think it's best when you know something. But those are the people who immediately went and started talking about all the ways that the jury was compromised and the jury was wrong or the jury was stupid. And I'm like, I'm just, I don't, I don't get that. I don't understand why that can be the default position right after a case. And again, in my opinion, if, if that's where we're going with this, who is to say that next case will be any different? I mean, look, it. If, if, I've heard a hundred times that the jurors were terrified of protests. No one has said that besides this alternate who, again, the fact that she's speaking shows you she's trying to get a book deal or something ridiculous out of I mean, sitting in a room and taking notes. So she's honestly, maybe, completely yeah. irrelevant to me. And I hope, no, I hope someone calls her on it for not she having had any part in this historic life. moment, having absolutely nothing to her name other than I sat in a room for a week and watched other people make a very important decision. So hopefully she gets exactly what she deserves, which is nothing. She gets nothing. But none of the actual jurors have said they were scared of anything. None of them. No one. You know who said he was scared? Tucker Carlson said they were scared for some reason. Like CNN, Politico, they're writing about how people were scared. But mm-hmm. none of the people who were actually making this decision talked about that. None of them. So why are we just assuming that we know better than this group of people? You know, the well, group one, of people that we asked to do this. I don't think they can talk about it right now. Here, ask Dilo really quick. We got a guest. We got a, uh, a First guest juror. Actually, this guest is the second, second tweet cap. <laughs> how you doing, Darren? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. We don't have to keep going if you don't want to, but we certainly can. I don't care. I'm trying to remember what I just asked. All right. Well, you know what? While I'm figuring that out, and I, I may, maybe I won't be able to. You're talking um, about- so we're talking now, Darren, about 
when you have these high profile cases, and I think it's pretty obvious to anyone who's paying attention that for the time being, at least cases involving, you know, the police and unarmed or armed uh, citizens are going to be considered high profile. Mm-hmm. Is it reasonable? Is it reasonable for, you know, judges and the kind of political or rather legal class to request that you have juries who have no idea what's going on? And frankly, is it responsible for them to start making decisions based around, you know, their own gut feelings? I mean, at this point, there's no way around the fact that everybody knows what this case is or these cases are, not just this one. So the idea that you can, A, find people who don't know, and B, then get all upset when outside factors are at play. Like, you can't decide that a a case can't happen now because there was a protest over, you know, the shooting. That that would be ridiculous. Maybe it wouldn't be ridiculous in the eyes of the law, but that's just not how the world's going to work anymore. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's what's going to happen. We've seen it now for a year. I mean, I personally think it's good, but whether I think it's good or not is irrelevant. It's going to happen. Like, so is it realistic for people to try and, you know, squeeze the law around this? I don't know. But what are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, honestly, I think there is surprisingly a large amount of people that truly don't know things that are going on. Um, I mean, I don't have experience in like a, you know, a a big city situation. But you also have to remember the group of people that they um, like pull from is very diverse. You know, you have people of certain religious sects and like elderly people and stuff like that where, you know, they're not, you know, paying attention or not that they don't pay attention, but they don't, some people just don't care to, to be informed, which is unfortunate. So I'll, all right, so I'll pose this. I don't see Rocky's back, so I'll pose it to both of you. Obviously. So that's a fair point. Some people don't care about being informed. Do we want those people on juries? I know we don't have a say in that, by the way, and I'm not saying we should. I'm just curious. You know, as a thought experiment, if you're not willing to learn a thing or two and hear things, should you be responsible for deciding whether or not somebody is innocent or guilty? I mean, I'll put it this way. Would you want your jurors influenced by the media? Well, but that's what I'm getting at. Anyone who's anyone who's paying attention is influenced by the media. The choice of the media is entirely up to them, but everyone okay. is influenced. Would no one lives life without jury? influence from the media. Would you want that in your or would you want your jury to be impartial? Well, but when I'm talking about what I want, I want I would want to be found innocent regardless of if I was guilty, obviously. <laughs> I would want to not go to jail. Well, yeah, besides that. It's why I don't, you know, do things like kill people in the middle of the streets of Minneapolis. So (laughs) Derek Chauvin missed that part. You know what I mean? Uh, The the part where you, you know, what you want. I'm saying anyone who's informed, it would make a good juror, quote unquote, is going to be influenced by the media, especially in cases like this that are going to get very big and they're going to get very, very political. And then again, you talk about you know, a BLM protest, not even violent, just a BLM protest can now be turned into a get out of jail free card for a police officer. Well, one, it's not a get out of jail free card. Never was, never will be. Listen, if he, if they appeal this and it gets accepted because they find that it was possible, the jury was scared of a protest happening. That's a get out of jail free card because A, he killed someone and he wouldn't be in jail anymore. And B, you would just be assuming the jury was scared. Then it becomes a mistrial and it's done all over again. It doesn't, he could very well be found yeah, But the protests again. won't, the protests happened. So the fear of protest is always something you can claim, no matter what. If Seriously. You, if you killed someone tomorrow, could you argue protests? If I was a police officer and I killed someone, yeah, there would be protests about that. I'm not talking about all cases. I'm talking about these cases. These police accountability cases are not going to get any smaller. They're just not. They're not going to get any less media attention in the coming years. They're not going to be any less, you know, a part of the um, political conversation. 
They're just, they're not going away. So I'm talking about these. I'm not saying, yes, if I went to your house and assaulted you, I couldn't just lead a protest in order to get myself out of jail. But neither one of us are public figures. Also, there's no racial component to that because we're both white dudes from you know suburban well, communities. <laughs> I wasn't going to I, assault there and I was only going to assault you for, not, for silly like, comments. Like but uh, we've fallen off the rails. Uh, no, but seriously, what, what do you think we do? Or nothing is the answer. Nothing will be done. It's well, just what happen. do you think should happen? Honestly, what would you? What would, As in the your host, I don't have to answer these questions. I just have to ask them. That's <laughs> where so you guys come in. I mean, I've already told you what I think. Not really. You kind of keep talking about evidence and jurors that don't know anything and whatever, which is fine, but that's not an answer to the question about the, the protests. They're not going to stop. Activism is not going to stop around this issue. So how do you, how do you get around the fact that there's going to be very influential people who every time something like this happens will say that they were scared of, you know, the jurors must have been scared and that's why we got the result that we got. Or frankly, again, this is all theoretical because it has not happened yet, but I could see a version where, you know, people fear police retaliation, right? Theoretically. And honestly, that's a good question. And that maybe there will be riots for every single one of these cases and maybe they will all be as huge as the Chauvin case. But then, so I'm saying, so if you find this one as a mistrial. And in that case, we have a real, what's going on here? I just don't know how you how you can then make anything work. Then basically all of these cases, like what do you do? Go military tribunal for these things? I just don't understand how you can. There's actually um, a thought experiment. And would you, not you, but like, what do you think about having a professional that you hire to be a juror, like someone that understands impartiality, someone that understands, you know, neutrality and innocent until proven guilty and is honestly trained to be a juror. Would you feel better about that? No. Because then they would would think like you and I would never want you on a jury. No, 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 not a lawyer, not a lawyer. Someone that, just understands what it what it means to be a juror again i would say if you train someone to be a professional juror they would think like an attorney and attorneys should not ever be on juries i like that rule because you guys think about the law too much like lawyers you're too much like the guy on the floor you're not enough like you know regular people and the whole point is regular people a jury of your peers a professional juror is not the peer of you know joe e public like you know mm-hmm. they're just not and that's actually just, that's just that's just a thought experiment that was kicked around in school but um now I mean, like, like it would you want a professional juror or would you want someone that's like willfully ignorant to the law like someone that just doesn't understand it well I, I, again i like the willfully ignorant to the law part but i don't like the part where we they also have to be willfully ignorant to society writ large well, when it comes to these massive cases, that's the part that I don't think is even. You can be intelligent, feasible. but not, you know, pay attention to the news. I didn't say they weren't intelligent, but if you're not paying any attention to anything around you, then how can I believe you have even a shred of human empathy? Maybe they're just busy. I mean, that's real busy. Maybe they got two jobs. Listen, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but if you work in two jobs, you're you're not trying to sit on Honestly, a jury either. People, there's a lot of people that just don't care about the news. This was everywhere. This one, that's why I've said this one is a very. But you don't think this is going to happen more frequently? No. You really think not, that this was not to this level? No. I don't know. I really you're don't not, know. Even honestly, even with Rittenhouse, if it was publicized, you're not going to see. The amount of people watching this that watch this this showman case you saw hundreds i'm assuming hundreds of, of thousands every day tuning in i think you I'm might see that ever again i time. think you might especially with how there's also there's also the judge it was also the judge judge's decision decision to publicize and like stream this whole trial which is very unusual well it's for transparency but, let me ask you about that would you want your trial 
you know, broadcast to the world. Yeah. You'd be fine with that? Yeah. I don't want anything screwy happening and no one there. I mean, because if I get convicted, I'm just a criminal who's saying I'm innocent. I want everyone to see the screwy stuff as it happens. Which I think was the point of this was supposed to be, hey, we need this to be as transparent as possible. So we're going to go ahead and stream it in its entirety unedited. I think that was the point. We just kind of, unfortunately, we have to wait and see. Like I said, I think for now, people should should celebrate the fact that a police officer was charged and given a fair trial because that's a big step honestly (laughs) that doesn't always happen police officers don't always see the inside of a courtroom when they've been accused of misdeeds so just the fact that you know they actually had a trial they had a jury all that good stuff that that was a step and then obviously you know the decision they came to is what i think most people are no, we're expecting and a lot of people were um hoping for so that's all good i mean it's not all good someone's in jail and someone else is dead so there's no really good way to go about this whole thing which is something i have noticed about social media recently uh their barometer is kind of shot <laughs> the uh jubilation over all this like it's still i mean I mean, George Floyd's brother, I think, said it best. Like, doesn't bring George back, and and it doesn't. So, you know, but and then at the end of the day, we'll have to wait and see. Oh, he's gonna. What the heck was that? <laughs> Sorry, guys. I know I'm trying to do my outro, but <laughs> the computer we're playing Uno against just made an absolutely bizarre move. AI, AI Dusty is just you know oh! throwing curveballs on us. <laughs> he just snatched that victory away from us with that, that was bizarre. I was advanced Uno right there. <laughs> he sent the winning card over to his boy to play. Uh, <laughs> wow. Anyway, is, forty chess. As we discuss police accountability more and more in the public, you know, public discourse, you know, be it you know, political debates, obviously courtrooms, you know, city halls, so on and so forth. This is probably going to come up again in some way shape or form and we're just going to have to see but i do think for anyone who is trying to just forget about you know everything that's been going on forget about chauvin forget about the uh the the stress that has been the last few weeks i don't know i think that would be premature because i think whatever ends up happening with this appeal could be especially if it's you know a duress appeal or something like that, something a little bit more obscure. I think we could be seeing, you know, a pattern forming and that will make it very difficult to seek justice from police officers if they've committed some some form of misconduct. Definitely, I think we should all pay attention to it. Uh, I don't think we should just let it go. And, you know, like you said, hundreds of thousands of people watched almost as much as uh, watched the tweet cap. That's a joke. Um, but hundreds of thousands of people watch the initial trial, and hopefully we see a similar number for the appeals. Hopefully it's streamed, because if it's not, I think we're doing a disservice to ourselves, and we're basically asking to be played. But Do you think people would watch appeals? Well, that's, that's what I'm, I'm... See, here's the thing. I do this little thing at the end of the show where I urge people to think about something, right? <laughs> I'm doing that right now. I'm urging I, them to think... Appeals are weird because this is a great outro. It's very different. It's very different. Like, like I tell Darren, like I tell Darren, um, she's an appeals attorney. I'm a trial attorney. That's our little joke because trial attorneys have to, you know, put on the show that to be charismatic. They you know, don't have to think as much. Whereas appeals attorneys, they're the ones that most of their arguments are done in briefs. Most of them are done in writing beforehand and there isn't really any argument in the courtroom so that's why i tell deloy where she is so and it's not it's you're not getting a new trial and they're just unless there's a mistrial upon appeal then it would go back down to a trial for yeah that's what i'm saying it nothing you're not going to see anything dramatic in an appeals court no one i don't even watch appeals courts i think i've seen maybe two appeals courts in my entire life honestly and they weren't even in person. 
Okay, I will amend. I will amend what I was saying. No, but I'm like, hey, hey, if people are interested. Upon hearing. Than that, very different, and you're not upon hearing that appeals are boring and not charismatic. They're not. I calling upon people with a obviously an interest and b with some sort of platform to go ahead and cover it, even if it's boring, Mm -hmm. because I do think that the result of that appeal is going to set, not just obviously set in motion whatever's going to happen at the end of the road for you know, George Floyd and you know his, his justice, but it's also going to set, I think, the stage for what I believe is going to happen again. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen in Ohio uh, based around that most recent shooting, but the, the idea, unfortunately, the idea that a person... Um, is going to uh, be killed by police in a way that's, you know, the idea that that's going to never happen again is just not, it's not feasible. I, I don't mean, think. I mean, people, I've actually been getting some hate online because I'm surprised. You know, I, I know, seriously. People say like, well, you're just rooting for Shawin. It does sound a little bit like that's what you're doing. I'm like, no, I'm not. But I want to be, I'm telling you, it's not. I, I'm not saying I it honestly, is. I'm just saying when the, you, you, I went into the trial, presuming he was innocent. I I personally did it like a jury did it. That was like you know I. Well, I don't I think you did. See, you did it like a jury's supposed to. I did it like yeah, exactly how a jury's supposed to do. I I don't believe I, any I, real jury actually does it that way ever. Well, it's it happens. You're supposed they tell you, and honestly, they probably mentioned it in voir dire. I don't know. I don't think voir dire is publicized. I'm not rooting for him to be found innocent. Right. And again, I think we'll see an appeal, though. Like I said, we'll see in the appeals what the future looks like. Because, I mean, I've said it a hundred times and we're going to end the podcast because there's no point in going through it again. But I don't believe. Jenner. What? We didn't even talk about Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, when, another time. I'll have you on another time for that. When I have so many opinions on that. I'm sure you do. I do, too. But this was supposed to be a law one. So we're gonna keep it to honestly. The if you want to go for another hour, I am one hundred percent down. I definitely don't want to go for another hour because I, I have to edit this whole thing. What's that? I there is nothing you need to cut out of anything I've ever said in my life. You, you took a bathroom break. <laughs> that means you're cutting out what Deloy said. No, but I have to get rid of that awkward moment before Deloy said anything. <laughs> Darren, are you offended that Ryan's gonna cut you out of this? I'm not. That's you untrue. We just do it in post, Rocky. I don't have to have we'll any ability. We'll fix, we'll fix it, in it in post, Rocky. Come on. But <laughs> obviously, thank you for coming on. Just make um, it be known that I don't want the jerk. I don't want him to be found innocent just because people are going to say, well, he must, he's, he's, you know, talking about appeals. He must want it to come out a certain way. No, they I never would, once talked about racism during this case. No, I don't believe they, they did. Out. Which is weird because. People were saying like it's a great day, again, like to fight racism or whatever, and like it didn't come up in the trial. They never once showed proof, and then everyone's even alleged that he did what he did because of George Floyd's skin color. Yeah, but there's systemic. Like I know you can argue like systemic. I mean, like it wasn't. It wasn't even mentioned. But I don't believe it was. Again, I don't. I think that's almost like reading between the lines in a way no, um, I mean, that's what they were going for because what he did but i mean sitting this, on his neck I mean, for really nine was, minutes you know a victory against right because sitting on his neck for nine minutes is illegal it's not and it's not something that i believe as a white dude would ever happen to me ever now i'm not as big as george floyd it might be easier to subdue but even still I don't believe as a white as a white man. I don't believe I would ever have a cop sit on my neck for nine minutes. You never know. Well, no, obviously you never know. I'm, I'm just it's what I believe. I even said I believe in the beginning, but I don't. That's where the racism comes in. The fact that the cop felt he could recklessly, you know, subdue somebody is where it's racist, and I think no, that's, but that's my my argument is I think it's funny. Not haha funny, but interesting funny. That it wasn't even brought up because it didn't need to be. 
he sat on his neck for nine minutes. That was the racist part. But I mean, like, do you think they mentioned it? Like, it's just kind of weird that they just didn't, they kind of like glazed over it. Like, they didn't mention it at all. Like, it was never brought up. I think it was meant to be seen as, I think it was meant to be seen as subtext. It's just kind of, I thought it was weird to me that they didn't mention race at all during this trial. Not explicitly, but again, I think it was subtext. I mean, of honestly, the maybe. Thing. Maybe. But I mean, just how I saw it. And that's a good point. They never explicitly mentioned it. So it's a good observation. Kudos. You get a I mean, gold star on the tweet cap. <laughs> that's my first one. Do you want to uh, plug anything? Um, yeah, I'll plug some stuff. Do you actually have something to plug? Like your Twitter? No, not nothing weird. <laughs> what what weird stuff do I? You're cutting out. Associate with? You can have eight cards. <laughs> you can have eight cards just because you said that. Yeah, you're, we're on a team, and you're punishing me for telling the telling it like it is. Uh, anyway, what weird stuff do I ever? Plug? I don't know. Let's hear what you got. Okay, um, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Darren Mack, Darren, D-A-R-Y-N underscore M-A-C. <laughs> you should follow Darren, by the way. You but... follow Darren. Darren is a treasure trove of knowledge. Darren. Who? who? Iron Sheik. I love you. You didn't respond to my tweet today, by the way. I saw it. I'm sour about that. Oh my it God. was a hilarious comment, and it didn't even get a like out of it. I was going to respond. No, you weren't. I got you busy. Weren't. No, you weren't going to respond. I was. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I'm. I'm going to, on you know, in front of the audience, in front of God, in front of my people. I'm going to say right now, you snub me, and I you, snub you. you. No, you did. You snub me. I was going you to know? wait the customary six days to respond. Six days. <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't remember that? No, what? I responded to uh, one of Chris's tweets. Oh, uh, like six days later, or I commented on it or something. Actually, I got to go. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to okay, wait so so six days, days, and then I respond to your comment. We'll do. In six, I'll I'll, I'll put like a little notification on. You should. I don't know yeah. what it's going to be yet, but uh, no, I actually so thought about so uh, whatever. We're just talking now. I'll cut out whatever I don't like and then just add the ending. Um, uh, that's called censorship, first of yes, all. Yes, it is. This is my little domain. It is 19, uh, what is it? 1984? 18, 1894. 1894. It's 1984. That's why I think George Orwell. George Orwell would hate everyone who uses the phrase Orwellian, by the way. He would physically, you know, violently overthrow them from their seat of power. He joined a war in Spain where you're like, That's yeah, George someone else's war. He got a shot, like, though. Yeah, yeah. George Orwell was injured in conflict. Was this pre or post writing the book? I don't know. You like, do you know? Did you read 1984? I think I did, didn't I? Rocky, you don't even know the main character of 1984. I don't know the main I, character of the last book. I haven't read a book, an actual book, in years. Oh, I did read that. You did read that? Yeah, George Orwell. Yeah, we're talking about George Orwell. Oh. So specifically, we're using the phrase Orwellian and how Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley would be castrated by George Orwell if he ever heard them use the phrase. Oh, and speaking of Ted Cruz, that legislation uh, was not passed. Oh, that's surprising. The discrimination one, yeah. Yeah. Saw it today. Mostly because Ted Cruz, you know, put it up. <laughs> I texted you a picture of Ted Cruz today I saw and you did not respond. I, I refused. <laughs> Listen, even if Ted Cruz had a good idea, and I assume every once in a while he does, He's just so toxic as a person that there's no way, zero way, that it would ever pass. Do you like him with or without the beard? Don't like him either way. I like him without a seat in the Senate. No, but you have to, that's you have what to I like him one. as. Pre or post pre or post beard Uncle Teddy. Which one do you pick? I refuse to call him that. Does he have a beard or doesn't he have a beard? Which do you pick? Can I tell you? The number of ways I would, I can't even say it because I don't want to joke about uh, harming oneself, but. <laughs> no, it's against your will at this point. <laughs> I'm just going to say kudos to Heidi Cruz 
He's a handsome fellow. He is he's most a, certainly not. He is a handsome I am not fellow. a handsome man. I'm not sitting here throwing shade on people, but I refuse to let you bypass reality. He is a honestly, Lynn, I like beard. I like bearded Cruz. He looks better. He looks like a gun tote and fozzy bear. He's got a chin that needed to be hidden away, and he did it. Honestly, it works for him. None of this works for him. Also, None of it. You really going to let Guntote and Fozzie Bear just kind of hang out match. there in the ether? I I am. I'm surprised I don't, you. I, bar- I barely know who Fozzie Bear is. Oh, my God. I know man. he's from Sesame Street. You just you just destroyed the validity of every argument you made on the podcast. There. I don't. I, do you know who Fozzie Bear is? He's from Sesame Street, isn't he? No, he's a Muppet. I, I mean, I guess they're Muppets, too, but. Sesame, Sesame Street's are Muppets? They are, but they're not like the Muppets, you know? Wait, it's Fozzie. He's the one that goes. Ah, ah. That's like half Fozzie of him. There. He has a hat, right? He's the hat, yeah. Bow tie. He has the hat and the tie. Okay, I thought he was in the Muppets. He's not in the. He's not in the. He's not in the, he's not in the he's not in mystery. Yeah, I don't know who Fozzie Bear is then. Well, kind of looks like Ted Cruz. I don't think so. Yeah, he's round. Darren, Darren, do that face again. You just Darren's. <laughs> when you said that, she just went. <laughs> He's kind of round. Honestly, I I clearly don't know who Fozzie Bear is, and I can tell you, it does not look like Ted Cruz. He's round and hairy, just like Ted Cruz. Yeah, then I guess I look like Fozzie Bear or Ted Cruz. You no, know, you look round. a little bit like. Uh, I'm very round. And Jonathan very Van Ness from Queer Eye, actually. Who? Look at him. Can you Google that for me? It's the hair, by the way. Who? Jonathan Van Ness. Who? Who? Jonathan. Google Jonathan Van Jonathan Van Ness. And thank you everyone for listening to the Tweet Cap. Uh, like I said, Rocky, appreciate you having uh, having you on. Darren, thank you for stopping by for your first official Tweet Cap entry. Um, like I said at the beginning, we're working on a new schedule. Please bear with me. Check the Twitter at ttweetcap, and that's where that will be. Um, And yeah, without further ado, have a good night, everybody. You are a treasure, and it's always a pleasure. Excellent.